This is Franchise Today, brought to you by FRM Solutions, providers of the best-in-class software solutions for franchise relationship management. Franchise Today is your destination for weekly information, conversations, and interviews with accomplished industry leaders, all of whom share best practices for sustainable growth and sensible franchising. Here now, your host, Stan Friedman, to kick off this week's podcast. Today is Wednesday, July 21st, week 30 of this amazing year. I'm Stan Friedman, and this is Franchise Today. Hope you enjoyed hearing from Gary Gardner last week. I certainly look forward to seeing he and Therese again later in the fall, right here in Atlanta at the Franchise Leadership and Development Conference. Many of you will likely see them sooner than that at their multi-unit conference in Vegas the last week in August. But that hugs up to the 20th Annual National Buffalo Wing Festival, an event that I've participated in for nearly 20 years. You know, each Labor Day weekend, I switch hats from franchising to my role as chairman of the National Buffalo Wing Hall of Flame, making my annual pilgrimage to Buffalo, New York. Mecca, if you will, for wing lovers, as it is the sacred ground on which the now globally famous delicacy was born. So here's the backstory. From 2003 to 2006, I made this trip each year as a partner in Wing Zone. Each year, we would head to Buffalo along with dozens of wing restaurants from across the country and actually from around the world, bringing our unique tastes, flavors, and spins on the now global culinary delight back to the place where it all began. And along with Joey Chestnut, Eric Badlands Booker, Sonia the Black Widow Thomas, and the rest of the professional eaters who would eat competitively, knocking back some 206 wings in 12 minutes, the restaurants too would compete. We'd compete for bragging rights. There would be blind taste tests for the best traditional sauces and festival favorites. And then in 2007, after I sold my interest in Wing Zone, I was anointed as chairman of the Hall of Flame by Drew Serza, the wing King. And each year since, my selection committee, consisting of Don Esmond, Buffalo News columnist, the Walt Disney Organization's Brian Whitman, and none other than Buffalo Wild Wings co-founder Scott Lowry, would all join me to determine who to honor as that year's inductee into the Hall of Flame. These would usually be food folks who have contributed to the ascent of the wing from the trash can to the center of the plate. In 2010, though, we even inducted Bill Murray, whose movie Osmosis Jones became the inspiration for the wing fest in the first place. The National Buffalo Wing Festival is nothing if not a good time for everyone from families and college students to just about anyone that really needs no excuse to pound hot wings and swill beer. So there you have it. The whole story for some and perhaps too much information for others. But it's a big part of my life, and it's the reason that I'll be in Buffalo while so many of you will be in Vegas this year at the multi-unit conference. So with all of that said, let's take a quick break here, and I'll be back in two minutes or less with this week's guest, Brian Miller, subject matter expert on restaurant management recruiting and franchising. Franchise Today will be right back, but first, a word from our sponsors. Hey, franchisors of restaurants, bars, grills, and taverns, and multi-unit franchisees, listen up. This message is for you. Atmosphere TV wants to help you cut costs on overpriced cable TV for your business and either replace it completely or partially if sports programming is essential at your locations. What Atmosphere TV provides are 100% 
free programming options with nearly 50 channels of highly engaging and entertaining programming that is audio optional and guaranteed to please your customers and even increase their average ticket per visit. So here's how it works. Atmosphere hooks you up with an Apple TV HD receiver loaded with nearly 50 channels of fully licensed, no cost to you, fun and lifestyle programming. These channels include Chive and Red Bull TV, bloopers, superhuman feats, and an array of viewing options that don't require sound to be enjoyed. And this offer is not just limited to restaurants or bars. No, any business with a TV screen in its waiting room can benefit from Atmosphere's free programming offer as well. So what are you waiting for? Cut the cord on overpriced cable and get Atmosphere TV with its 100% free, engaging, and entertaining programming options. Keep your guests happy while they wait to see you instead of watching the clock and their wait times. Chiropractors, doctors, dentists, auto repair shops, anyone with TVs in your waiting rooms, jump onto this amazing offer today. And if you text the word FRANCHISE to 474747, Atmosphere will waive the $100 setup fee for the Apple TV HD receiver that they'll ship to you as well at no cost. Atmosphere TV, changing the way businesses view television. Find them online at atmosphere.tv and remember, text FRANCHISE to 474747 for the no-charge Apple receiver. Cut the cord and get rid of cable today with Atmosphere TV. Brian Miller joined Patrice and Associates in May 2014 as an equity partner with expertise in all aspects of the Patrice business model, staffing, recruiting, and franchising. Brian's extensive experience in franchise operations, development, strategic planning, and marketing makes him a professional tour de force for the franchising industry. Brian has some 25 years in franchising and 16 at a leading full-service staffing and recruiting industry franchiser, Snelling Staffing. Brian supports and enhances Patrice & Associates' ongoing mission to connect the country's most respected brands with the industry's top culinary and managerial talent. His leadership sets the direction for their aggressive global growth. Brian Miller, welcome to Franchise Today. Thank you, Stan. I'm excited to be here with you today. Hey, Brian, if I shoot a number at you randomly, I wonder if you might tell me what it represents. This is the only trick question you're going to get today. 2,091. 2,091. I don't know. You tell me what that means. That's the number of people that you and I share as first-tier connections on LinkedIn. You know, this bus- this business or this industry, I should say, is, is a big industry, but it's also a very small industry. And, uh, you know, when you start connecting and, and and with people and you start developing relationships over the years, one thing that I found is you you form lasting relationships and friendships. And that's one of the most refreshing things about this business. I can go back 20 years or 30 years and uh, and people that I met, you know, 20 or 30 years ago in franchising are still part of my close circle today. Well, and I think that's probably where you and I began tracking together. I think it was back in either Franchise Source, eSource or whatever that's called today. But I think that's where you were when first we met. But you know what? You're going to take us back there and even further because the opening question each week is how did franchising find you and when was that? You know, it's a fascinating story, Stan. It found me. I didn't necessarily go out seeking it. Uh, I was a a sales trainer in the financial services industry, in the brokerage industry back in the 80s. Yes, that makes me a, a little bit older, I guess. And uh, I had noticed in the Wall Street Journal that there was a position for a trainer 
at the headquarters of a franchise, happened to be in the staffing industry, a company called Snelling Personnel Services, now called Snelling Staffing. So I, on a lark, I sent my resume in. Uh, I later found out there were 600 resumes that were sent for this, this role. I went through a, a battery of different interviews. I actually had to deliver presentations in front of people so they could see my platform skills and my public speaking skills. And Bob Snelling Sr. hired me, and that was my introduction to franchising. Snelling was and still is today uh, a, a franchise, a staffing franchise. And I was with them for 16 years, and I learned the ins and outs of franchising, and I learned the ins and outs of staffing. My wife and I eventually became franchisees of a staffing office. So I've been on both sides of the equation, a franchisor and a franchisee. But boy, that was a great training ground for me. And I learned about everything from the back office side of the situation to franchise sales, to unit economics and, and helping franchisees hit their goals. Uh, I later went to a multi-brand franchisor and spent 10 years with them and then started my own consulting business in franchising and was I had a client that was in the staffing industry. And because I had experience in staffing and franchising, Patrice recruited me to be her business partner. And uh, that was seven years ago. And I joined Patrice and Associates as her business partner. And we've been building the brand ever since. So I've got a lot of experience, more than 30 years experience in franchising and in the staffing industry. Where are you headquartered these days, Brian? Where's home? Well, our company is headquartered in Dunkirk, Maryland, which is just south of Annapolis. So that's where our corporate headquarters are. And then, of course, we have offices all across North America, including Canada. I divide up my time between my home in New England and between our headquarters office in Maryland. Just give us a little background on Patrice, because you're not only recruiting for franchising or restaurant franchises, but you are a franchise company yourself, correct? We are. We are a franchisor and we are in the, in the staffing industry, but that's a big umbrella. There's a lot of different flavors of staffing companies. We are a management and executive recruiting company, which basically means that we essentially find really talented uh, managers and executives and place them in the hospitality or the food and beverage industry in all different kinds of roles from manager in a unit location all the way to somebody that works at the corporate headquarters and uh, is in the marketing department or the HR department or the chief financial officer of the company. Patrice started this business 30 years ago in the basement of her home, and she began franchising around uh, 2008-2009. And like many emerging franchisors, she she had her ups and downs, and she approached me about being her business coach. And uh, I joined her, as I said, seven years ago, and we sort of revamped some things, developed a new strategic plan, outlined uh, a stronger training and support model, and really honed in on who our ideal candidate was going to be. And we had about 25 units when I joined her in 2014. And today we have over 170 units. And we look for strong, talented people that really like to be a mixture of a career coach and a talent acquisition consultant to a company. So when we look back on the last 18 or so months, Brian, I know that most people in most businesses have said, these have been some of the most different times that I've ever experienced in my life. I've got to believe in the business that you're in. You've seen some things and you've seen hills and valleys, but in the staffing and recruitment business, has there ever in your career been a time like this? Not exactly like this, Stan. I mean, I've been in the business for a long time and been in the staffing industry for a long time. So I lived through 9-11. Um, I ran the number one office of Snelling, uh, which is uh, in downtown New York City, a block from ground zero during 9-11. And that was certainly an experience to be able to live through. Uh, not, not a pleasant experience uh, when our business came to a screeching halt and had to be rebuilt. In retrospect, even 9-11 can't compare in the staffing industry to what we 
experience in the niche that we're in, the hospitality and the food and beverage niche with COVID and the pandemic. Because essentially, when the economy fell off the ledge 15, 16 months ago, almost all businesses were affected. And certainly the hospitality industry was one of the most critically affected businesses because many of those locations just closed. Now, the fast food restaurants, most of the workers in the fast food restaurants were considered to be essential workers, uh, and they still had the drive-throughs and the carryouts open. So our business didn't come to a screeching halt, but it was certainly dramatically affected. We had a lot of clients that just weren't hiring. We did have a loyal group of clients that continued to hire from us, but it was a different world uh, because things changed literally overnight within a matter of a couple of weeks. So not not only were we trying to run a franchise organization, continue to do the business development to provide you know, leads and open jobs for our franchisees to assist them, but then you had people's lives that are in your hands, the franchisees that are part of what we call a Patrice and Associates, a community, that were all affected in their own personal ways. Unfortunately, we lost a franchisee to COVID uh, very early on in the process, and that was very difficult for our franchise community because we are a very close community. We consider ourselves a family of Patrice and Associates. So we had to do a a lot of things to keep the system motivated and to help the system work through this. So one of the things I learned early on is that when you're in a challenging situation, you need a plan and you need a lot of touch points and a lot of communication. So we created a, a brand new series of Monday morning motivational meetings, pulled in franchisees that were experiencing success, shared challenging things that were happening. We were very open and let franchisees share their emotions and their feelings. And then the people that were achieving success success and finding the companies that were hiring and how they went about doing that to pump up and motivate the rest of the system. So it was a very unique time for a very long period of time in retrospect. Of course, now it has completely turned around and I think we'll talk about that in a few minutes, but it was a, it was a very interesting time because there was a lot of emotion associated with it, not to mention the fact that you were literally trying to help your franchisees thrive in a very challenging time in an industry like ours that was directly affected by the pandemic. I've spoken to a great many franchisors that were fortunate enough to be franchisors of brands that were favored by the pandemic and that they were in the delivery or takeout businesses to begin with. And so for them, it was not so much a pivot as it was an adjustment, but they all had a common denominator, every single one of them for a problem. And that was convincing young people who comprise a large part of their payroll that it was okay, safe to come to work or even convincing, I suppose, the parents of the kids that were working in those frontline jobs. How did you see that through your point of view professionally? I'm certain you saw a lot more of it because of the nature of the business that you're in. Well, we certainly did see some of that uh, as you go through anything like that, particularly prior to the vaccines being available. There were certainly some trepidations of some people. We saw more of that with the hourly workers or the servers than necessarily the management level. We do management only. Now that could be entry level management all the way up to, as I said, the executive suite. So we didn't see quite as much of that as some of the companies were experiencing themselves with hiring the hourly workers or the servers. The management staff was a little bit more grounded than that, not saying that exclusively that we didn't have some of those experiences. COVID changed the way people look at the work environment in many different ways, as we know. Many companies suddenly became home-based, had home-based employees that were telecommuting. Uh, we shifted our training from being a live training session to a virtual training session for our 
our new franchisees. So there were certainly some challenges that occurred. There was a shifting of the sands in the marketplace. There's still a shifting of the sands to some degree. Some people left the industry. Some people decided to hang on. Some people found other job opportunities at other companies. So it affected different businesses within our sector in a variety of different ways. Today, our business is booming. It was a tight labor pool prior to the pandemic. We, we didn't just all of a sudden in 15 or 16 months produce a lot of humans that became of working age. And so we anticipated that sometime after the first of the year, when the vaccine became more widely distributed and the pandemic began to wane, that it would flip back around again and it, it would literally be a tight labor market again. And so we're in a completely different situation today than we were back then. But certainly we, like other companies, experienced a variety of different effects as a result of the pandemic. So we are in a much different place today, and I'd like to talk about post-COVID when we come back from a quick break. But I would ask you first to maybe share a thought or two for those that are in the competition, if you will, those who are vying for the same talent today. How do you help somebody understand how best to compete effectively? And how do you match up, perhaps, when you're dealing with a company that you're competing for the same human asset to come work for you, who might be looking at a company twice your size or maybe some somebody who has benefits that are greater from yours. Do you bring culture into that conversation and try to level the playing field with culture and cultural differences, not just uh, paychecks? Uh, of course, culture of the company certainly, certainly comes into play. I think one of the things that is very important today is the core values, that a company has a solid set of core values and they can express those core values to potential employees and, and demonstrate how they live those core values. I think certainly wages are something that is something that is very important to people, compensation and benefits. Wages are on the increase. We are seeing more and more companies increase their wages to become more competitive, to be able to attract that top talent, those players that they're, that they're really looking for. But generally speaking, employees want to join a company that has a mission or a story. And they, and they want to join an organization that they perceive in some ways maybe approaching the marketplace a little bit differently, is living a higher purpose. And you have to be able to describe your story to those employees, why they would want to come to work here, what is the mission you serve? How are you unique, unique and different? If you can effectively describe that to a potential employee, you can compete even if the dollars are a little bit different, if they see that your, your company is doing something that is uniquely different than someone else, and they can buy into that vision and buy into that mission. But you still do have to have a competitive wage, and you have to understand that potential employees have choices. They more than likely are being able to get multiple offers right now. That means that you may need to make your hiring decisions quickly. You might need to rely lack some of the requirements that you're looking for, maybe even get somebody that is still learning and expanding and help motivate them and train them and offer that as an opportunity as part of your organization. But at the end of the day, you have to make decisions quickly. And that's really where I see some companies tripping up a little bit. They think they have more time and they lose great candidates. So the important thing is to understand your company, be able to describe the mission of your company, why somebody would want to work there. And if you're competitive and your benefits aren't quite as much as somebody else, there has to be another compelling reason, training, uniqueness in the marketplace, and you have to make decisions much more quickly. All great advice and sage wisdom. Brian, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, let's talk a little bit more about your vision for the post-COVID world for the balance of this year and into the next. And then let's talk some more about your franchise opportunity and who it is you're looking for. We're talking with Brian Miller. He's the chief operating officer and partner in Patrice & Associates. Franchise Today will be right back. But first, a word from our sponsors. 
We are all familiar with Vistage, YPO, and EO. Well, now comes Zor Forum, a somewhat similar type of executive group, but this one comes with a twist. Zor Forum groups are exclusively for franchisors. Imagine a peer group for sharing and networking on a platform built exclusively for franchise executives. Zor Forum members are afforded unparalleled access to best practices and some of the brightest minds within the franchising world through regular meetings and a dedicated communications platform. In this post-COVID world, a franchise-specific mastermind or peer group is an endeavor worth making time for. Zorforum groups of 6 to 10 will bring leaders together that are in similar situations, but with exclusivity in terms of their competitive sets, so that each can openly help others benefit from their respective knowledge, perspective, and experience with no fear of competitive loss. Network, learn, strategize, and remain motivated along your journey. Join a peer group, not just any peer group. Join the only one designed for emerging franchisors. Join Zor Forum. Learn more at zorforum.org. That's www.zorforum.org. And my conversation continues with Brian Miller, Chief Operating Officer and Partner at Patrice and Associates. So, Brian, I'm going to ask you to do something that might be a little daunting because we still see so much that's unknown to us right now with COVID variants and the like. But if you were looking at the tea leaves for Q4 and into the next year, what would you be seeing and what would you be forecasting? Well, that's a great question, uh, Stan. And I think that I'm a big believer that history repeats itself. And I'm a believer in in being a student of the economy. And while we certainly have not experienced anything like this for more than 100 years, there was a pandemic uh, more than 100 years ago, we have seen other situations which have created economic disruption. And typically, when there's economic disruption, it is followed by a period of prosperity. So while we don't know what's going to happen with some of the variants that are out there, and I certainly don't have a crystal ball, I wish I did, there are certainly things that could put a wrinkle in it. If we are all smart and we make good choices and we continue to ensure that the majority of the population gets vaccinated, I think that we will be okay. And I think what we will see from an economic standpoint is a boom occurring, which is has really already begun. There's an intense competition for workers right now. There's an intense appetite for people to get out and about and to go out to dinner again and to go to a movie. I mean, you see that even on your own social media accounts that in many cases you and I are both a part of. People are, are literally celebrating the fact that they can be with their families again and they can go out to dinner or go to a sporting event or go to a show or something like that. Broadway's getting ready to open back up again. So my assessment of it is that barring anything unusual happening, and as long as we stay smart and we continue on the path that we're on, that we're going to see a period of economic boom. The staffing industry, the industry that I am in, is going to experience a boom, I believe, for the next 18 to 24 months as these companies companies begin to come back on board as companies are, are, are rapidly trying to hire employees. We believe it's going to be a boom for us. I think there are some long-term trends that every business needs to be aware of, whether you're in the staffing industry or the hospitality industry or not. And that is as a country or North America, I should say, the labor pool is shrinking. And that has been a sort of long-term factor that is creeping up on it. You know, it was a tight labor market before the pandemic. It's a tight labor market again now. The 
pandemic certainly had a, a significant effect on the employment in the labor marketplace. A lot of people who are baby boomers, like me, I'm a baby boomer, although I, I guess I'm a younger baby boomer, uh, left the workforce and aren't returning. So that left a skills and a leadership gap. Companies are trying to replace that skills and leadership gap right now. And on a long-term trend, the labor pool is shrinking because we're just not producing humans the way we once were. And certainly in the last 15 months, we didn't produce a lot of humans that became of working age. So the longer-term trend is that the labor pool is going to continue to tighten, which means that companies are going to have to be more competitive to find top-level talent. And it also means that they can partner with a good staffing company because essentially what we do is we market great companies to great people. Well, I think that's all very grounded wisdom that you're sharing, Brian. I see all these companies that are offering $1,000 signing bonuses. But what I think about culture, and it's why I raised the question earlier, is to the point you've just made about the shrinking workforce. And while the workforce is shrinking on the elder end or on the senior end, the millennials and the Gen X, Ys, and Zs, they trade in different currencies. It's not just money for them. I think the, you talked to them about values and purpose. I think they look for things that are meaningful to them that go above and beyond the money. So the $1,000 signing bonus might be great for some companies, but I think that putting it out there for walking the talk about the culture and, and what the company's purpose is, is spot on. I think that's really very important, especially for those younger hires. So let's talk about your franchise and who you look for and who makes a great Patrice and Associates franchisee. Well, thank you for that question. You know, I mentioned a little bit earlier in the show that really our franchisees serve two hats. It's a unique business opportunity in the sense that you're wearing a B2B and a B2C hat. You're essentially providing career advice, consulting, coaching to individuals. And then you're also being a talent acquisition consultant to the company. And so you have a B2B hat as well. Since our business has expanded and we now do everything from an assistant manager in a unit location up to the C-suite of the company, our executive search program has literally exploded this year. We launched it as part of our strategic plan for a few years to roll that out. Uh, you could say good timing, bad timing. We rolled it out before the pandemic. I actually wound up being really good timing. And because of the things that we've already talked about, the gap, the skills gap, the leadership gap, the retirement of a lot of baby boomers, we're seeing a big growth in the executive area. The type of individual that becomes a Patrice and Associates franchisee is somebody that wants to build a business. This is a home-based business. We're looking for people that really want to build a business and expand the brand. It's somebody that likes being part of a professional environment, but understands what it takes to build a business. There's a, a fair amount of time that people have to spend on the phone. You can't be afraid to talk to people you don't know, whether that be a candidate that you're trying to recruit or that be a small business owner or a VP of talent acquisition or the CEO of a company who needs your help in developing uh, a talent acquisition plan for their company. So we're looking for people who are willing to follow a system, for people who are self-motivated and disciplined, people who at the end of the day, what we do every day is we help people. There's a lot of great franchise opportunities that are out there, many of whom I use on a daily basis as a consumer myself. And what we do is that we change people's lives. Every day we get testimonials from people that we have placed in positions all across the country. And Stan, when you read some of these testimonials, it literally is amazing that people that say, listen, you changed my life. I almost didn't take the call when you called my location, but you know, I've never had a recruiting firm that has worked with me like this before. You really seem to have my best interest in mind. And now I have a better career opportunity and a better work-life balance for my family. And in some cases, it even has an effect on the community. 
So while we're certainly looking for people that want to build a business, we're certainly looking for people that want to build a healthy and a robust business. You know, the people that are the most successful in our model are those that have a desire or something strikes a chord with them about helping people. So that's kind of 30,000 foot overview of who we'd like to look for. We have people that come from the hospitality industry, but some of our placements are not just in the hospitality industry. We work a deep and a wide path. We work with all the companies that support hospitality industry that sell them the food, the equipment, the liquor, the linens, hospitals, colleges, stadiums, universities, the food supply chain, anything that touches the food and beverage industry. So we have some people that certainly come from hospitality, but we have a lot of other people that have a customer service, a business development, a marketing background that join our system that want a flexible environment because we are 100% virtual. As long as you have a laptop and a phone and an internet connection, you can pretty much do this business from anywhere. So they want to have the flexibility of having a home-based business that's not in a bricks and mortar, but still in a professional opportunity where they can really build a business with clients nationwide. I'm curious, have you ever recruited anybody as a franchisee who was looking for employment and wound up shifting gears? We have. We have an internal referral program for our franchisees because of obviously what we do. And so all of the franchisees know this. We don't push it, but we mention, hey, there's a referral fee if you're working with a candidate that you spot that you think might like doing what you're doing. Maybe they got to a point in their career in the food and beverage industry that they got to a level of position where they're an area manager or a vice president or something like that, but they love the industry, but they don't want to be in it on a 24-7 basis anymore. And they seem to have the skills and qualities that you possess and seem to have some of the things in their on their wish list of what they like in a career that you know this opportunity provides. So some of our franchise awards last year, even during the pandemic, were from some of our franchisees that spotted people from the hospitality industry that just had a sense that they would be really good at what they do. So that has actually increased for us. I would say over the last 18 to 24 months, we have more franchisees that are referring other potential franchisees that either are from their circle of influence or from candidates that they've interviewed that maybe they don't have the right opportunity for them at this particular moment. And they think they'd like doing and like the benefits of being a Patrice and Associates franchisee. So it wasn't such a far-fetched question after all, was it? It was quite perceptive. It was almost <laughs> as if you had the, the crystal ball. I guess the last place I want to check off the bucket list for is the conversation around how somebody becomes a client and who is it that should be considering working with you? Are there any that are too small? What's the profile of one of your clients? Well, as I mentioned before, that we go deep and wide in the hospitality and the food and beverage industry. One of my franchisees signed a meat manufacturing plant recently and is placing executives that help run that plant. So we have a broad diversification of clients, hospitals, colleges, stadiums, universities. We work with global entertainment and amusement companies that have entertainment and amusement parks, not just here in North America, but all over the globe. So we really have a, a broad diversity of the different types of clients. Of course, some of our staples are restaurants and hotels. We do a lot of business with restaurants, all types of restaurants from fast food restaurants to fast casual, all the way to fine dining from pub to ghost kitchens, all the things that are becoming popular. So really our sweet spot would be a company that has five to 25 or 30 units. Maybe they don't have an HR department. So the recruiting falls on the owner of the company or one of the management team. And we become an ideal partner for them as a staffing partner to really help have them outsource their recruiting effort to us. But that doesn't mean we don't work with companies that are less than five units. Somebody that owns three or four Five Guys Burgers and Fries or an, another franchise opportunity can be a great client for us as well, as long as, as I, we talked about before, they have a competitive opportunity 
opportunity, they're able to pay fee because we work really hard, mostly on a contingency basis to go out and find top talent. And then we also work with very large companies, Stan, that have talent acquisition departments. But because of the tight labor pool, even if they have their own people that are doing recruiting, they can't keep up with the pace to be able to fill all of their positions. I'll give you a really good example. I have a franchisee on the West Coast that works with a very large fast food franchise group. As you know, in franchising stands, some people buy the right to develop 5, 10 units, but then there's companies that buy the right to develop 100, 200, 300 Mm -hmm. multi-brands. We have a franchisee in the West Coast that's working with a top franchise group, and she was helping them find managers in a unit location. And through a conversation she was having with the HR department, they said, listen, do you fill any other positions? And she said, well, of course. And she helped them fill a paralegal position because they had a whole complete headquarters. And before long, she had knocked out a few other staffing companies and recruiting companies that are more traditional in the customer service, sales, accounting, and finance area. She had placed the CFO of the company, HR executives, and even working on higher level C-suite executives. So ideally, where we can develop a relationship, a full service relationship with a company, we're really capable of servicing those types of businesses as well. Before I ask you to give contact information and tell others how they may find you again, what have I not asked that you might wish that I did? Well, you've asked a lot of very good questions. I think maybe one question that we could expand on a little bit more is what is the mission of our company? And when Patrice founded this business in the basement of her home more than 30 years ago, she said about being unique and different, not just within the food and beverage recruiting area, but recruiting in general. We really are dedicated to our core values and our core values are respect, excellence, service, and teamwork. And that manifests itself in how you treat people, whether that's the person that that is coming to you looking for another career opportunity or whether it is the company that is looking for really good help. And we really are dedicated to doing a good job for both parties and making a match. I don't have a crystal ball just like you don't have a crystal ball, but we really care not only about what the individual's skills and qualifications are, but what they're looking for in their next career and how that aligns with or matches up with the company. And so the thing that I find about our franchisees and our recruiters is they take pride in that. They take pride in the fact that Patrice and Associates' mission is really to deliver that brand promise of those core values every single day, living and breathing that. So our franchisees, when they're doing validation calls, they frequently give us feedback on people. Like they feel this person would be a good member of our team or they may have questions. Because for us, our mission really is to show up differently and become a staffing partner with a client. And to do that, we need to live our core values every day, whether it's working with the candidate that we're placing in jobs, the companies, how the franchisees work with each other, or how we work with them as a franchisor. Well said, my friend. I mean, that's literally walking the talk. How about some contact info? Well, sure. The best way these days is email, which is B as in boy, M-I-L-L-E-R at Patrice, A-N-D, associates.com, B Miller at Patrice and associates.com. You can find me on LinkedIn. I have my full contact information on LinkedIn. And of course, you can find me at Patrice and associates.com. Brian Miller, Chief Operating Officer and Partner at Patrice and Associates. All the best to you for Q4 and beyond, Brian. Thank you, Stan. Same to you. Well, that's all we have time for today. Coming up in the weeks ahead, we'll be joined by Inspire Brands Vice President of Development, Joe Seavey, the IFA's newly minted President and CEO, Matt Haller, and franchising veteran and the joint chiropractic CEO, Peter Holt. So why not subscribe today and never miss an episode? Until next week, I'm Stan Friedman, wishing you the best. 
the very best of all things franchising, and Franchise Today is out. Franchise Today is a production of FRM Solutions, providing best-in-class CRM tools to empower relationships with prospective and existing franchisees. No excuses, just solutions. Find them online at frmsolutions.com. Join Stan every Wednesday at noon Eastern for another live episode of Franchise Today. Or, as always, download episodes on demand at blogtalkradio.com or iTunes. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.